Greetings, beloved in Jesus' name, amen. What an exciting moment and what a privilege to have an opportunity to come to the house of the Lord, amen. So as an introduction to what I'm going to share with you today, I just want you to reflect a bit about what God has done for you. Some of you, by now, you should not have been alive anymore. You should have been dead, but you're still here. And all of us, we, we've survived the first wave of COVID, the second wave, now we're in the third wave, and you're still here. So it means the Lord has been so good to us. The Lord has been so good to each one of us. You are a living testimony on your own. If you can just reflect on what God has done for you and what he has brought you through, there were times when you were hopeless. There were times when we were in distress and not knowing what to do. But the Lord pulled us through. We're still here today. We can still witness and talk about the greatness of God. Amen? So tell your neighbor you are living next, you are sitting next to a living testimony. Yeah. Tell your neighbor, if I were to start telling you what I've gone through up to now, you won't believe me. But the grace of the Lord has kept me this far. (laughs) Amen. Amen. And where the Lord took us from, He rescued us even from, some of us were in the mud. People would not even want to associate with you. But today, look what a gentle lady and a gentleman you are. Amen. And it's because of his grace. That's why we can sing a song. He lifted me up from the deep miry grave. And he planted my feet. On the king's highway, and that is the reason I sing and I shout, for Jesus came down, and he lifted me So Mr. MJ, you can read it for us in Psalms 40, verse 1 to 3, AMPC. Psalms 41 to 3, just to see where the Lord has brought us from and where he has placed us today. We've got all the reasons to have a song, to sing, he has lifted me up. That is the reason I sing and I shout. Jesus came down and he lifted me up. He has planted my feet on the king's highway. Now people may want to associate with me. Look what a difference Jesus has made in my life. Read it for us, Psalm 41 to 3 AMPC. I waited patiently and expectantly for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up out of the horrible pit, Mm. a pit of tumult and of destruction, Mm. out of the miry clay. Yeah, that's how you spell miry clay. Mm. Okay. Uh Froth and slime. Yeah. And set my feet upon a rock, mm. steadying my steps and establishing my goings. Yes. 
And he, and he has put a new song in my mouth. Yes. A song of praise to our God. Amen. Many shall see and revere and worship and put their trust and confident reliance in the Lord. Amen. Amen. You see that? You see what he has brought me through? You see where I am today? He has given me a new song. In other words, I no longer have that song of complaining and grumbling and murmuring all the time. He has given me a song of praise. Because now I see where he has brought me from. The problem with most of us is that the Lord has brought us from that and we're still dejected and grumbling and always down-faced like people whom the Lord has done nothing for. You're supposed to be like a psalmist here to say, he drew me up from the horrible pit, a pit of destruction, and he has steadied my feet, my goings on the king's highway. I'm stable now. Amen. And I know where I'm going because the Lord has preserved me and he keeps on keeping me and strengthening me. So he has been so good to me that I really don't know what shall I do for him. As you go to the book of Psalms 116 verse 12 AMPC Psalms 116 verse 12 AMPC can we, re can we sing what shall I render to Jehovah, for he has done so very much for me. What shall I render to Jehovah, for he has done so very much for me. Amen. He has just done so much for me that I'm saying, what shall I render to him? What is it that I can do for the Lord and feel at least I've done something in acknowledgement of what he has done for me? Instead of always grumbling, always complaining, always dejected, always saying things are not working out and being unthankful. The Bible already said in the last days, people will be unthankful. You can't even count the blessings that you have. I told you, you've survived three waves of COVID. You're still here. We can all walk on our feet. When you see somebody being wheeled on a wheelchair, then you realize what advantage you've got. And you, you take it for granted. Some of these blessings that we take them for granted, if we were just to reflect a bit, then we will see that the Lord has been too good to me. Really, I can then sing that song, what shall I render to Jehovah? For he's been so good to me. Because sometimes you find some people are not so serious with the Lord. Maybe they do not know what God has done for them. So for you, when you are serious with the Lord and people try to discourage you, tell them, you don't know what God has done for me. You don't know what I've gone through. You don't know where I'm coming from. Some of you, you should not have even been staying here. If you look at how some of us grew in rural areas, we never knew that would be in places like this. But we are here now because of God's grace. So what shall I render to Jehovah? He's been so good to me. What shall I render to Jehovah? For he has done so very much for me. Whatever that English is. So very much. 
It's just English in excitement. Amen. So read it for us. Psalms 116 verse 12, AMPC. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits towards me? How can I repay him for all his bountiful deeds? Sure. That's a good question. I'm really reflecting and seeing what God has done for me. Now I say, what shall I render unto him? How can I repay him for all the good things that he's done for me? I just want to appreciate what God has done for me. Somebody who knew how to be thankful to the Lord what God has done for her was Mary. Go with me, the, the sister of, 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 of Lazarus. Go with me to the book of John chapter 12, verse 1 to 8. You remember Lazarus was dead and Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead. And Mary was always very thankful to the Lord for what the Lord does for her. Now, if you look at it with me here in Psalms, in, in John 12, 1 to 8, and I read, say six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here, a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. So, by the way, today we are talking about what shall I render unto the Lord. Okay? What shall I render unto him? So a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. See how expensive it was? Hmm? At least the, the, the murmuring of, of Judas just showed us how expensive this perfume was. Imagine an ex, a perfume as expensive as a year's wage. And now you come and waste it just with this one move. That's what Judas was saying. Okay? But Mary knew what Jesus had done for her. So to her, this was not, you see, there is nothing too costly to render to Jehovah if you know what Jehovah has done for you. Amen. 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 Because when Judas Iscariot is saying, what a waste. This perfume could have been sold and money would have been given to the poor. But the Bible says he didn't say this because he cared much about the poor. But it's because he was a thief, a keeper of money in the bag. He used to help himself to what was put in it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. You see, there are, so, there are people who pretend to be almost focusing always on the poor and they forget about the work of the Lord. They forget about saying, Lord, you've been so good to me. Amen. Let's go to Luke chapter 7, verse 36 to 47, NIV. It's another woman again, a sinful woman, who acknowledged what Jesus had done for her. You see, don't ever forget what God has done for you. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, that's Luke 7, 36 to 47, NIV, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. 
A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. Another perfume. Another lady. So these ladies knew what they were doing. Huh? And she stood behind him at his feet, weeping. She began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who was invited saw this, he said, who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, this man were a prophet. He would know who is touching him and what kind of a woman she is. That she's a sinner. See, a judgmental attitude of the Pharisees. But this woman was doing something special for Jesus. You will see what, how Jesus will acknowledge this. So even when people sometimes they rule you off, if you know what God has done for you and you want to do your best for the Lord, don't let the skeptics derail you. Verse 14. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. What shall I render? So he forgave the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? I want to ask you. So if we use today's terminology, one owed $500, another one owed $50, and both of them were not able to pay. Which one do you think will love the one who forgave them the most? 500 You've judged correctly. Now, this is how Simon also replied. Simon replied, I suppose the one who had a bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. So Jesus would have said the same thing to you. So you can judge easily, isn't it? But look at what this means. Jesus said, you have judged correctly. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet. But she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss. But this woman from the time I entered had not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head. But she had poured perfume on my feet. Therefore I tell you. I like verse 47. Her many sins had been forgiven. As her great love has shown but whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. So Jesus is saying something that is very much telling here. Some of you, you're doing very little for God because that is a reflection of what you think God has done for you. If you know the Lord has been so good to me, if you know the Lord has brought me where he has taken me from, and through it all, I have learned to depend upon the Lord. I'm still here today because of his grace. So nothing will be too expensive and too costly to give to Jehovah. That's what this woman had. And then Jesus says, maybe the rest of you guys, maybe you don't acknowledge this because you look down on what God has done for you. So that's why he says, whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. So you are like people who say, I really can't see what God has done for me. That's why I can afford to just do little for him. But some of you, you're doing so much for God because you know what God has done for you. You know where he has brought you from. You know what he has made you to be today. Amen. I am what I am today because of his grace. I have what I have today because of his grace. So I know what he has done for me. 
Amen? So it means if you know what God has done for you, nothing will ever be too costly to render to Jehovah. Can you tell your neighbor, if you know what the Lord has done for you, nothing will be too costly to render to Jehovah. Amen. Yeah. It's because sometimes when you don't think that God has done much for you, that's why sometimes when you do this, you think this is good enough for God. Even when it's offering time, you think of tipping God. That's, that's, you are, you are, that's a language. You are saying something to God about what he has done for you. That's why Jesus here says, whoever has been forgiven little loves little. This woman had gone through all these troubles because she knew what I've done for her. Let's continue with the women in Luke chapter 8, verse 1 to 3. So there are some good women. I hear that you ladies, you've got groups of women and that. So we've got some good women in the Bible that we can look up to. So look at this. Luke chapter 8, verse 1 to 3. And it came to pass, King James Version, it came to pass that he went throughout every city and village, preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. And certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils, and Joanna, the wife of Cusa, Herod Stewart, and Susanna, and many others, which ministered unto him of their substance. I want you to look at these women and what their attitude were. You know where Jesus has brought them from. Certain of them were healed from evil spirits, and infirmities. So certain of them were demon-possessed. When you are demon-possessed, you are not having your own mind. You may have a lot of goods, especially those of you from the African context. You know, you will hear the people say, hey, that man used to be. And now he's just moving, roaming all over. His mind, he cannot control his mind. He's no longer sane anymore. Okay? That's how cruel the devil is. So if Jesus can deliver you from that, do you think anything will be too expensive to give to God? No. Because these women, they knew that whatever we have today, we would not have been able to enjoy it if Jesus did not deliver us. If Jesus did not heal us, we would not be able to enjoy what we have. So we are enjoying what we have because of Jesus. So we cannot enjoy this without rendering something to him. So the Bible says they were ministering to him of their substance. Amen. So we know some of you, even the kind of jobs that you have today, the kind of houses that you have, the kind of cars that you have, had it not been for Jehovah, you would not be where you are today. Some of us, I think of the time when I grew up, in the village where I grew up, I never knew that I would be who I am today. So if God has brought me this far, is anything too costly to give to Jehovah? No ways. So unfortunately, people forget. You think you are where you are today because of your own strength. That's why you cannot render anything precious to Jehovah. It's because you think you've made it on your own. And this is what the Israelites also used to have. Let's go together to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 8. Verse 10 to 18. The Israelites 
when they were successful, they would always think they are making it on their own. But for us, we know who has made us where, who we are today. It is Jehovah. So as you are going to this Deuteronomy 8, 10 to 18, AMPC, Mr. MJ, you will read it for us. I want just to ask you two questions. It's one question, but with two facets. Do you know who has made you who you are today? And what he has brought you through to be who you are today? It's God, isn't it? The second question related to that, have you not forgotten your dream interpreters? There are some people who have played a very important role for you to be where you are today. Some of your aunties, some of your uncles, some people are not even related to you, but they went to, into all the pains to do something so that you can be where you are today. Some of you should not have even gone to school or to the university. Your parents no longer had money. But somebody took it upon themselves to do whatever they could. And some of you, even your parents, they were not really well to do. Maybe they were even depending on this African beer, uh, and all that. And they were risking their lives to be arrested by police just so that you can go to school. Now you've gone to school, you're dwelling in good houses, you have all this, and you've forgotten about them. Don't forget where you're coming from. Don't forget how you came to where you are today. Amen. So we must never forget our dream interpreters and we must not forget the Lord our God. He's the one who brought us where we are today. Deuteronomy 8, 10 to 18. When you have eaten and are full, mm. then you shall bless the Lord your God for all the good land which he has given you. Yeah. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God. Okay. So when you have eaten and are full, so it's good to eat and are full. By the way, I remember when I grew up, I'm telling you the honest fact. There would be times when there would be no food at home, at all. Okay? Sometimes we would even go to the field and you get this, uh, the naturally grown uh, herbs that we make for, yeah, mushiji. And then you would cook a lot because there was no, not enough milly meal. You cook a lot of that just to have something in your stomach. I know where I'm coming from. Okay? Now, that is history. But do you think if God has brought me from that and he has placed me somewhere where sometimes now I eat and I'm full, I choose what to eat. There was a time when I didn't have a choice what to eat. I didn't even have that little to eat. So how can I forget what God has done for me? So he said, amen. So he says, when you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God. Continue. By keeping his commandments, his precepts, his statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full, and you have built godly houses and good. lived no, in them. No, houses are not godly, they are goodly. Good. So, when you have built goodly houses, if you look at the kind of houses that you have and some of us have, I mean, we are there today because of Jehovah. So he says, when you have built goodly houses and are dwelling in them, 
You must not forget who brought you there. You must not forget how you arrived there. And now you start thinking, it is my own power that got me where I am today. Continue reading. And when your heads and flocks multiply. This is the one that I still admire to have. I still want to have heads and flocks. Mm. Mm. It's nice also sometimes to have heads and flocks. And you just see all those are my flocks. He says there is nothing wrong when you have goodly houses and dwelling in them. When you have eaten and are full. When your heads and your flocks multiply. When your silver and your gold is multiplying. Your bank account looking good. Continue. And your silver and gold is multiplied. And all you have is multiplied. Mm. Then your minds and hearts be lifted up. And you forget the Lord your God. You see? When things are going well with you. And you start forgetting the Lord your God. Uh Who brought you out of the land of Egypt. The Lord has brought us from slavery. Some of us... All of us were sinners. And you know the day when he saved you, you can say, it was a happy day when I was born again. Happy day. Happy day when I was born again. It means, I know where he has brought me from. Mm-hmm. When I was born again, continue. From that house of bondage. Who brought you out of the land of Egypt, mm. out of the house of bondage? Mm. Who led you through the great and terrible wilderness uh-huh. with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water? Mm. But who brought you forth water out of the flinty rock? Mm. Who fed you in the wilderness with manna? Okay, now if you look at this, he says... The Lord has brought you from the house of bondage, but he has also been moving with you each step of the way. Protecting you even from those fiery serpents and scorpions. I told you, some of you, if you were to tell us what you have gone through, you should have been dead by now. But the Lord has brought you through. You are still here today. The Lord has provided for you. Now, after he has done all that and you forget the Lord your God, and you think that it is the, it's my own power that has made me who I am today. I'm successful because I'm intelligent. By the way, we told you that even your intelligence is because the Lord gave you that intelligence and is maintaining it. You know how cruel the wizards are. Mm. What do you think is intelligence can be turned into insane. So it means whatever I've gone through, through those poisonous snakes, Through those fiery serpents, it was the Lord. Continue. Who fed you in the wilderness with manna? Okay, now verse 17. And beware, lest you say in your mind and heart. This is the problem with most people. Uh My power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. Mm. But you shall earnestly remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. That he may establish his covenant which he saw to your fathers as it is this day. Amen. So it says, he says, never say that it is my own power that has brought me thus far. It's my own power that made me to get this. It's my own intelligence and my own wisdom that made me this. No. Remember it is God who brought you. It, remember it is God who also moves with, with you each step of the way. 
This world is very cruel. There are a lot of serpents and scorpions. Fiery serpents and scorpions that if you are without the Lord, you will have mansions, you will have cars, you will have all these things and you will never enjoy them. Okay? So we need to be so much closely tuned to this God who brings us out through those terrible witness, through terrible wilderness, through those fiery serpents and scorpions, and he carries us through. Amen. Never forget what the Lord has done for you. In a way that I remember the early disciples in the book of Acts chapter 4 and chapter 5, we won't read them. I'll just give you the story. They would feel that the Lord has blessed us so much that some of them even would not mind selling their lands and bring money to the church. Yeah, to sell your land or your houses and say, the Lord has been so good to me. I've got 10 houses. I can sell one and bring money to the house of the Lord. The Lord has been so good to me. Read it in the book of Acts chapter 4. You will hear that they were starting to sell what they had because they were so much consumed with the work of the Lord and realizing Whatever I have, it is the Lord who gave me. That's where you get the story in chapter 5 of Ananias and Sapphira. We always know the negative part of it, that Ananias and Sapphira, they lied, and they said this was the full money. But the gist of the story was, because people were now giving so much, Ananias and Sapphira also now sold. They also had land. They sold it, and they brought money to the church, but they took a portion of it. So there was nothing wrong with giving a portion of the land to the church. But it's only when you say this is all the money and you are lying. That's why when, they, when Ananias and Sapphira fell down, Paul, uh, Peter said to, 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 to the wife of Sapphira, to, to Sapphira, after Ananias had fallen down and was buried, said, did you guys sell this, this uh, land for this much? She said, yes, that's the amount. He said, why did you agree together to tempt the Holy Spirit? When the land was yours, you could do anything you wanted. Nobody forced you to sell it. After selling it, you also could decide to do with the money what you wanted. You could have decided, we want to bring this portion to church, not the whole of it, and you tell us that way. So, but why now did you want to lie against the Holy Spirit? But for me, what I'm learning there is that these people were acknowledging that all that we have anyway, it is God who has given us. So when we have an opportunity to be a blessing in the kingdom of God, we will do it with all our might. That's why I'm excited even with our opportunity now even to build the house of the Lord. Amen? It's another opportunity for me to say, what shall I render to Jehovah? Oh, he has done so very much for me. You find that some of us, you count even cars. Instead of having one car, you've got cars. Instead of having one house, you've got houses. Instead of this, we've got theses. <laughs> Amen. It's the same English with so very much, isn't it? Yeah, those are the kinds of English that you use when you are excited and, and blessed. So, it means the Lord has been so good to us that anything that I can do for the Lord is never a costly exercise. Nothing is too expensive to render to Jehovah. Go with me to the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 2, verse 4 and 5 AMPC. This is David. He says, Behold, 
I'm about to build a house for the name of the Lord my God. Dedicated to him for the burning of incense and sweet spices before him. For the continual show bread and for the burnt offerings morning and evenings. On the Sabbath, new moon and on the solemn feast of the Lord our God. As ordained forever for Israel. The house which I'm about to build is great. For our God is greater than all gods. You see the attitude of David. He was saying... We want to build the house for the name of the Lord our God. And the house that we are going to build is great because greater is our God. He deserves a great house. He deserves a house that's befitting to his name. That's why we are looking forward to building him a house also ourselves. And among ourselves, we need to be saying, I'm saying, I'm prepared to build the house of the Lord. Who of you are joining me in this great adventure? Just to do something for the Lord. In a way that I feel in my heart. I've done what I could. I've, I've done with all my might what I could. Go with me to First Chronicles 29, 2-6, and then 9-14, to 14, New King James Version. Start winding down with this one, so we'll pick it up next time. So, Now, for the house of my God, I have prepared with all my might. That's David. He says, for the house of my God, that's First Chronicles 29, 2-6, New King James Version. For the house of my God, I have prepared with all my might gold for things to be made of gold, silver for things of silver, bronze for things of bronze, iron for things of iron, wood for things of wood, onyx stones set Stones to be set, glistering stones of various colors, all kinds of precious stones, marble slabs in abundance. You see how much they were providing for the house of the Lord. Then verse 3, he says, Moreover, because I have set my affection on the house of my God, I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the house of my God. So he was, if he, it was today, he would say, over and above my tithe, my offerings, and my regular building fund contribution. I have still even given more. Amen? So he says, over and above this, I've still even gone another mile because I'm saying I'm doing this with all my might for the sake of the Lord my God, for the sake of his house. Now verse 5. The gold for things of gold and silver for things of silver, for all kinds of work to be done by the hands of craftsmen, who then is willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord? So he's challenging others. He says, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do my best to make sure that the house of the Lord is built. But who among you want to join me in this great adventure? Verse 6. Then the leaders of the father's houses, leaders of the tribes of Israel, the captains of thousands and of hundreds, with the officers over the king's work, offered willingly. Yesterday I was very much encouraged when I saw men in our land there. And I thought, that's what leaders do. That's what heads of families do. Not always being behind. We've got to be in the front and show that we are indeed leaders. So, men, yesterday you made my day. Amen. Amen. Because it's more practical when we see 
the leaders of the fathers' houses, the fathers, we see them in the forefront. It's encouraging. Amen? So it says here, they started joining, even the captains of thousands, these ones, these ones. So even anybody who knows I am a leader, you start, it starts there. So I can't be encouraging you to build the house of the Lord when I'm not doing anything also. So I've got to lead by example. And other leaders also have got to lead by example. So that everybody else can see we are in this. We know what God has done for us. Now you go to verse 9 to 14. After they started giving, all the people were giving. Then the people rejoiced, for they had offered willingly. I like this thing of offering willingly. I don't want people to be forced to give. Mm. Because that kind of offering, God does not accept. You remember the, kind, the Cain's kind of offering? Mm. God can reject the offering. We can use your money. But God would not be accepting it if it's offered in grumbling, in mummery. Hey, uh, every time we're expected, uh, no, no. Every time, then just keep your money. <laughs> because, because you're not going to get anything from God with that kind of attitude. Okay? It says, for they had offered willingly. In other words, it's people who say, Lord, you've been so good to me. Nothing is too pricey. Nothing is too costly to give to you. Okay? Because with a loyal heart, they had offered willingly to the Lord. And King David also rejoiced greatly. That's why I say I also get excited when I see the willingness of people to give to their God. I rejoice in my heart, like King David did here. Therefore, David blessed the Lord before all the assembly, and David said, Blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power and the glory, the victory and the majesty, for all that is in heaven and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you. If I know that riches come from God, can I withhold anything from him? If I know what I have today is because of God, can I withhold anything from him? No ways. So he's saying, all these riches and honor come from you. And you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Now therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. Verse 14. But who am I and what are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly as this? For the things come from you. For all these things come from you. And, your, and of your own we have given you. So David was saying, actually what we are giving you, you gave us first. And we're just giving you a portion of what you gave us. It is our token to say we are not forgetting the Lord our God. It is our token to say we know who has made us who we are today. It is our token to say we know what God has brought us through. Those terrible serpents and scorpions. Those fiery attacks of the enemy. All those things that those who hate you had planned against your life. The Lord has brought you through. The Lord has kept you. 
So I've got no reason to withhold anything from Jehovah. What shall I render to Jehovah? So we can take that song as we're going to give our tithe and our offerings. You can see it's just a pause because of time. We're going to pick it next time. So we're singing that one as we're going to give.